Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. We're going to go into the next name. The next name this, uh, this week is, is Adonai, all right? Adonai is the, it's the way it's um, said in a couple different ways. And Adonai is, is this, uh, this idea of God's ownership in our life. So but before that, I just wanted to review. Man, like this, this came into play immediately right after the service was over. I was able to take this truth and apply it to someone's situation. Not, not just their situation, but my own too. And we talked about last week, we talked about God's a God of peace. And he brings peace into our life. And we have worry and anxiety. We realize that just do what you can do. All right? And then after you do what you can do, let God do what you can't do. And there's a lot of things we can't do, right? And we just need to let God do it. We need to get out of the way and let him do it. And then the last one was trust him no matter what. And so just knowing that, man, I've done my part. I can't do anything more. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a relationship. There's some struggle in a relationship. And you're like, I don't know what else to do there. All right. I'll, I just tell, I told people, just do what you can do and step back and let God do the rest. And trust him um, no matter what. So I thought that was such a good, good word. It's, um, we can apply it to our life, right? It's good, good stuff. And so this week we're going to, we're going to look at, oh, there we go. We're going to look at this word Adonai. All right, and so you see it's a title spoken in place of Yahweh in Jewish display of reverence. And it means Lord, Master, or Owner. And this is something interesting that I discovered as I was going, going through this. Is that um, in the Old Testament you'll see the um, capital L-O-R-D. And then you'll see a capital L with a, small, with a smaller O-R-D. When you see the big letter Lord uh, L-O-R-D, that is... Yehovah, or we say Jehovah, but it's Yehovah. And that is like meaning uh, the existing one, the proper name of the one true God. And here's something that's really interesting that I found out. This word is unpronounced except for using the vowels that come from uh, the word Adonai. Like it's almost like you cannot say Yehovah without realizing that God is Adonai. Like you can't talk about God without understanding that he is the possessor of all things. Like this is his. The earth and the fullness thereof, everything belongs to him. Yes, including you. Now, that can either bring you great comfort... (laughs) Or it can bring a little bit of fear and trepidation. You know, like, whoa, I belong to him? Therefore, if I belong to him, what is my responsibility to him? So I put together a bunch of stuff, and I, I don't even know how much of it I'm going to really get into today. I just really feel like I don't want to be up there. I just want to be here. So in this idea of God owning all things, and us being... His possession in some way that makes, that makes us slaves. Okay, but not a slave in the sense that you are um, hired labor or unhired, like you're just slave labor where you're just working for nothing. You are possessed by 
by something and someone who has only good in mind for you. And so, so many times through Scripture, when Paul's writing, he would describe himself as a bond slave or a bond servant. And, uh, and if you realize that a bond servant is someone who was in captivity, but they loved their master so much that even though they were set free, they came back to serve. Because they loved their master so much. It wasn't because they were such a great servant, they had such a great master. That is Adonai. That is Jehovah. That is the God that we serve. And so, so I was having this conversation. Well, first of all, we talked with Tony and Justin. We had lunch the other day, and we were talking about what does it mean? Like, what does it mean to really, what does it mean to be a servant, to be a, a bond servant, if you will, of the one who owns all things? And we think, well, if you're going to have a master, he's going to want to have, your master wants to have all, uh, he wants to have access to all things. He wants to have access to every area of your life. Every area of your life. And we talked about last week about how the battle begins in the mind. He wants to have access to our minds. Uh, He wants to have access to our hearts, our emotions and our thoughts and and the things that we think, the things that we then eventually our, our thoughts and our heart and our emotions lead us to do. He wants to have, have access to those things. And I was messing with um, Tony. So Tony and Casey are, are moving into a new home. They've moved into a new home. And we ate lunch there. And Tony was like, yeah, here's the kitchen and here's the bedrooms. Don't go in there. I don't know what he's hiding in there. I, I don't know. We only could speculate what he's hiding in there. He wasn't going to give us full access into his home. And I know why. I mean, I, we moved. I know why. It's, I'm sure it was just like a total disaster. And he's like, we'll, we'll fix it up later. But here's the reality. I think there's times where we come to this place where God, he wants, he wants access. And he comes and he wants us to show him everything. But we're afraid to show him everything. We're so afraid that if he sees everything, that's going to change everything. <laughs> He's not going to love us anymore, or he's going to think differently of us. And we're afraid of people, when we come to a place like this, we come into church, and we realize that, uh, that man, if they knew everything, if they knew what I was thinking, what I was going through, how I was feeling, that would change the way they think about me. And so people just don't come. They don't come. They don't come because of that, and let's just be honest, they don't come because they don't want to be owned by anybody. They want to be their own person. So last night I was at this wedding. This is one of the th- many things I had to do this past week. I, had, I did a wedding rehearsal on Friday night, and then I did this wedding on Saturday. And so I go in, and I, most of the time I'll go in and I'll hang out with the groomsmen's for a while before the wedding starts. I had a little bit of time. Usually it's an interesting crew. You know, it's like they're, um, they're already starting to build up some liquid courage, you know, if you know what I mean. And uh, before the wedding, and uh, this one guy... Uh, he was talking, and he was using pretty colorful language, language and they were like, uh, bro, uh, the, the pastor's in the room. He's like, oh, oh, hey, what's up, man? And then he was like, ah, you know what, dude, I don't care. He goes, man, listen, I, I got it all figured out. He goes, I go to church a couple times a year, and uh, I help old people and children most of the time. Therefore, I'm okay. I'm good. I was like, oh, okay. So that's... Uh, <laughs> You're your own Lord then, all right? So you got, kind of got it all figured out, don't you? I said, well, you know what? Here's the thing. You don't have to answer to yourself 
Uh, someday you're going to stand before the Lord, whose standard is a little bit higher than your standard, and then that's going to that's going to make all the difference right there. And he was like, "All right, man. Well, whatever." Like he kind of got a little combative, and I was like, "All right, it's all right. I'm backing off," you know. And the guy that runs the the venue, he was like, "Well, the sermon started. I'm out." <laughs> and he left, and I kind of just pulled back a little bit, and I I just got to thinking, you know, um, I do not make a good master of my own fate. I'm a terrible God. I'm a terrible Lord. I'm not good. I am imperfect. I am impartial. You know, um, I'm just, or I'm impartial really to my own likings and my own comfort. <laughs> I'm just not that great at it. And so I have to have somebody that's a little bit better at it. So it, the first time that we see, the first time that we see Adonai in Scripture is we see it in Genesis chapter 15. So if you have your Bible, turn Turn to that real quick. Now, just to give you a heads up, before it was all over, uh, this guy kind of like, he got kind of humble, and he came to me afterwards and says, man, I was just messing around, and thank you for what you do, and he kind of fist bumped me as I was getting ready to leave, and it was a good, it was a good exchange. I'm praying for him. So look at Genesis chapter 15. It's the first time we see um, the, the ownership, the lordship come out in a, in a conversation with a guy named Abraham. It was Abram before he became Abraham. So Genesis chapter 15, it says, After these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Adonai, master, owner, God. So it's like Adonai, Jehovah. He goes, what can you give me since I, I'm childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram continued, look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of Jehovah came to him. It says, this one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. And then it says, Abram believed Jehovah and he credited it to him as righteousness. That's a huge piece right there. We talked about that not too long ago about being God is a God of faithfulness he, and we are to be faithful. In our, and we put our faith and our trust and we believe and it's credited to us as righteousness. Because we're saved by our belief here in just a little while. We'll sit in the waters in baptism and we'll talk to to Veronica and Devin, we'll talk to them about um, a confession that you make with your mouth that Jesus is your Adonai, that he's your Lord. And then we'll talk about you believe in your heart, you have faith to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Those two things must go together. And so it says, it's credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord, the Jehovah, who brought you out from earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess but he said, Adonai, God, how can I know that I will possess it? How can I know? How can we know that this Adonai, this, this owner of all things, how can we know that he will keep his word? How do we know? How can we trust God? Really, I mean, we can't see God. How can we really know that he's going to be faithful to what he says he's going to be faithful to. 
Now, actually, later on in that story, God told uh, Abraham to do certain things, and he did it exactly the way he, he, God told him to do it. He obeyed, and God revealed himself in a pretty powerful way. And then we're going to see in just another story here in just a little bit how this came true in one person's life. And it's amazing how that all comes together. Next slide. What kind of owner is God? If, if he owns us, what kind of owner is he? Well, he's trustworthy. He keeps his promises. He made a covenant with Abraham, and he kept that covenant. He kept that promise. And that promise has been fulfilled uh, through Christ to you and me. He is merciful. He gives us peace. And he's a loving owner. If you're going to be owned by someone, that's who you want to be owned by. All right, I'm just going to breeze through that because we don't have time for all that. We're going to jump to Jesus. Yes, love me some Jesus. Because I just got to give it away right now. Jesus is the Adonai. Jesus is the rightful owner of all things. Co-creator of all things. All things were created by him, for him. And he becomes a Greek word that means the same thing. Basically, it is kurios. It's to whom you belong to. Someone who has power of deciding. He's a master. He's a Lord. It's a title giving to God. It's a title giving to the Messiah. It's a title given to Jesus. Jesus embodies all that Adonai is or ever was. He becomes the owner of all things. And so I just went crazy, did all kinds of things. Um, and I'm not going to talk about any of those things because I just don't have time. Um, because, because I can't get away from this story. I can't get away from, I can't get away from Zacchaeus. Man, I don't know what it is about Zacchaeus, you know, the wee little man. Yeah, and Caleb, remember a couple weeks ago when I taught the kids, remember we, who did we talk about? We talked about Zacchaeus. I preached to like 40 little third and third through sixth graders the other night up in St. Joe. You know who I talked about? I talked about Zacchaeus. I don't know why I can't get him out of my head. Yes, it was a good story, wasn't it? Yes, do you, do you have something, to, some input, some insight? What did you learn? Why did he climb a tree? He wanted to see Jesus. Why do you come to church? Hopefully it's not just because of the snacks. Or you want to see Brady. Ta-da, here I am. You can see me at Bee Creek. I'll be there all week, all right? Come check me out. Um, no, you don't come. You come to see Jesus. You come to see the, the kurios, the Lord, the owner, the possessor of all things, the one who is rightfully called the Lord because of what he has done and what he continues to do in us and through us. And so let's look at this story. Luke chapter 15. Or 19, I'm sorry. Luke 19. Luke 15 has got some good stories too, but Luke 19. Okay, okay, I want you to think about, I want you to think about um, Adonai, Lord Jehovah, comes to Abraham and he makes a promise, he makes a covenant with him. He says that your children are gonna be, they're gonna be like stars in the sky. Your, your um, inheritance is gonna be huge. Abram, Abraham, died before he got to ever see this come to fruition. 
But he trusted God and he believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. So listen to this. Chapter 19, starting the very first verse. Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. Okay, There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Uh, this, this was, he was not a good person. <laughs> he was a sinful person and we descri- he's described as sinful later on. Uh, he was a thief. He cheated people out of money. That's why he was rich. Jesus, or Zacchaeus, was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, it says he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today it's necessary for me to stay at your house. First of all, in this culture, that wasn't unusual. It wasn't unusual. For you to just, someone to just come visit you, and your home would be open to them. I'd say, Danbury's, I'm coming to your house today. We're watching the Chiefs game together. We're going to have ribs. Yes, hopefully, ribs. All right, just saying right now. Yeah, just putting something in your head there. And I'm coming over. All right, you people aren't inviting me over, so I'm just coming, all right? I remember the days when they used to invite the pastor over for lunch. Nope, I'm ordering pizza, you know. Nobody's inviting me over. But I'm not bitter about it. Maybe a little bit. I gotta drink some emergency. But man, what a what a beautiful picture already that Jesus wants to go. go to this man's home and sit with him to get to know him. Can I just tell you, can you hear me, that Jesus wants to sit with you. He wants to come and eat with all of you. I know there's some ice cream at the Amos home because I saw Jay buying it last night and about 400 coffee filters. He'll never run out of coffee filters. Be careful what you're doing because I will see you in the community And I will follow you home and eat your ice cream, all right? Because we don't have ice cream at our house because we're trying to eat healthy. I don't know what this we stuff is. And nobody talked to me about that. (laughs) That's the reason why I go out for coffee and eat with other people because they don't know what I'm eating then. So that's good. But Jesus said, hurry down because today it's necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him In the way that you would want to welcome someone who is willing to love you like this. He welcomed him joyfully, it says. Jumped into his arms. I don't know. He was a wee little man, so Jesus could hold him. You know, it was was awesome. Like Caleb runs and jumps in my arms sometimes. Someday he'll be too big for that, and we won't be able to do that anymore. And then all who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with the sinful man. Why would Jesus want anything to do with him? I mean, if you were going to own someone, you would, you would want to own someone that was worthy of be owning. Why would you want to own a sinful person like this? Why would you want anything to do with Zacchaeus? He was a thief. And it's not like Jesus didn't know who Zacchaeus was. I mean, it's not like Jesus doesn't know who you are <laughs> and where you've been. 
and what you've done, he knows. And yet he's still looking for you. Do you know that? He's still looking. He's still loving. But listen to what happens to Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to Kurios, to Adonai, to the master, to the owner of all things. Zacchaeus knew rightfully who Jesus was and who Jesus needed to be in his life. Immediately. He was going to see who Jesus was. He didn't know who Jesus was. He was going to see him. But in just a moment of time, Zacchaeus was transformed. And he knew his rightful place. I am, I am not my own owner. My body does not belong to me. All the things that I have do not belong to me. They belong to you, Lord. Because you know why I know this for sure? Look what Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus says, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. We talked about that with the kids. What would that look like? Half of your toys to the poor. Kurios, Adonai, Master. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Let's just be real. What was the obstacle in Zacchaeus' life between him and the Master? What was it? Greed, his possessions, his money. That was Zacchaeus' Lord before this moment. Now, that may not be yours, but I promise you there is something. There is something that you say yes to, maybe more often than you say yes to Jesus. And it's true for all of us. And we have to identify what that is. We have to allow Jesus to go there. We have to open up those doors, no matter how ugly it is, and let him in. We can't let guilt, shame, fear, rejection, whatever it is that we think is going to happen if we let the Lord in. We've got to open that up and let him in. Because you think, do you think Zacchaeus walked away from that moment after giving all those? I don't know how long it took him to do that. I guarantee people were lined up, though. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Like if the IRS really did make a phone call to you and it was a legit phone call and said, hey, by the way, we got money for you. I'll just show up at this address. Yeah, and after you get all that money, go see Dan and he'll help you invest it, all right? Don't just squander it. <laughs> you know people would be lined up. I don't know how long it took Zacchaeus to make it right, but he took the first step that day in allowing Jesus to really be his owner. And then listen to this. Jesus says today, as soon as Zacchaeus realizes who his real owner is, who his real master is, salvation has come to this house, Jesus said. Jesus told him because he too is the son of who? Abraham. Here is a fulfillment of that Abraham covenant in Jesus' life and ministry, Jesus sees it come true right there in front of him. He is the son of Abraham. He is a part of the covenant. Though he be a sinful man and be an awful person, there's still a place for him. There's still a place. There's, I still want you. I want to own you. I want you to be one of mine. 
And Jesus accepts Zacchaeus. And then we get a picture of the real reason why Jesus came to earth. He says, for the Son of Man has came to seek and to save the lost. And that word lost literally means utterly destroyed. It's not just, I'm a little confused where I'm going, and if I could just get my GPS to redirect me, I'll be fine. No, you are completely laid out, destroyed. Destruction. And it's for those people that kurios, the Lord, came to save. Zacchaeus thought he was looking for Jesus, but I'm telling you, Jesus was looking for Zacchaeus. And Jesus, you know it's true, he's looking for you. He wants to own all of you. Don't be afraid of that. Matter of fact, be excited about that. Because if you want someone to own you and master you, you want this Jesus to own you and master you. Because he is worthy and he, has what, he, he is faithful and true, it says in that passage of in, in, um, in Revelation. Matter of fact, I, I just, I'm going to go back to that real quick because I, I think this is just powerful. Um, because um, we might be tempted to think, nah, it's okay, man. No, no thank you, Brady. I don't want anybody owning me. Well, listen, there's going to come a day when the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is kurios, that Jesus is master, Jesus is Lord. And I would rather choose to obey and bow than be forced to obey and forced to bow. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. That is this Jesus, this meek and mild Jesus who welcomed Zacchaeus and went and had lunch with him. Jesus is coming back, and it's going to be a different story when he does. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on them that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven We're following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. It says he treads, don't forget, pay attention to what I wrote there because it doesn't apply. He treads the winepress of the fury, the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written. King of kings, Adonai (laughs) of Adonai. Curios of curios, boss of bosses, owner of owners, like the king, the Lord. Do not be afraid to bow your knee to this owner. Because he will lead you into places you have never even imagined. Do not be afraid. Listen, as we finish up our time, do not be afraid to give him access. Okay, don't be afraid to give him access to whatever area it is that you're holding out on. I'll let you decide what that is. We know what it was for Zacchaeus. It could be something completely different for you. Don't be afraid. Because he will take that and he'll turn around and make it better. Like he's a good owner. He's a good owner. So back to the last slide. 
here's how we can honor him. We call on his name for salvation. We can be baptized. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. There was a passage that I was, uh, that I was looking at before where it talked about a man who built his house upon a rock. You know, and Jesus said, hey, why do you hear what I say and you say, yes, Lord, but then you don't go out and obey it. You, you say you hear what I'm saying, but you don't obey. You don't, you're not walking in obedience, which is a true sign to whether we are really following Jesus or not. It's for walking in obedience. And it said, build your house upon the rock by walking in obedience in every area of your life. Love him with all your heart. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. I think we'll want Jesus, I says, I think we all want Jesus to be our Savior, right? We all, do, we all want Jesus to be our Savior. I mean, I want to go to heaven when I die. Like, seriously, I don't want to go to hell, all right? Nobody wants to talk about that anymore in church, but it's a reality. Um, when you die, your fate will be decided. And whether you believe Jesus is your Lord or not, you're going to bow your knee to him. And so I'm going to choose today to bow my knee, to walk in obedience and if I'm wrong, then I've just lived a decent life and I've become worm food. But if I'm right, the payment is great. <laughs> the retirement plan is wonderful. We all want Jesus to be our Savior, but do we really want to allow him full access to be our Lord, to be our curios, to be our owner? You're missing the best part of life until you allow that to happen. So you walk in that kind of obedience. He's a good master. Like the Revelation passage said, he is faithful and he's true. He's faithful and he's true. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you came here today seeking us. We, we may even thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come and seek and see what I can find. But no, you came to seek us, to find us. Even those of us that are far away from you, those that are just completely destroyed, you are in the business of restoration, restoring things into their, their unique beauty and, and the way that we're supposed to be, the way we're supposed to live. Lord, you're in that business, God. And so I pray that uh, whatever it is that you're speaking to us about today, Lord, would you move and would you have your way? Would we be as radical as Zacchaeus? Would we love with that kind of, that kind of like generosity? Would we walk in that kind of obedience the way he did, Lord? Whatever it is you want to speak to us about today, maybe, maybe even through watching these baptisms today, you'll say, you know what, I need, I need to confess Christ as my Lord. I need to, to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. I need to follow Jesus. Maybe today will be impacted that way. Maybe today we will open up all the doors in our life and allow Jesus to have full access, whatever that looks like. We ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church, or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.